I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 22nd of January 2018. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, boxing world champion Billy Joe Saunders on being a gooner. We look at the letter J in the A to Z of Arsenal and Adrian Clark is back with another dose of the chalkboard. But we kick off by looking back at a big Derby Day picture with Crystal Palace with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, the London Evening Standards' James Olly was covering the Crystal Palace game on Saturday. James joins us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast now. Hello, mate. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And always nice to have a Monday with uh, a big Arsenal win to look back on. And this was very much needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you got the sense right from the start, really, that they were playing with a, a sort of sense of freedom and they kind of look like they were enjoying their football as well, which is not something we've always been able to say of Arsenal recently. Um, I think just the, the clarity that's sort of been brought by the Sanchez situation kind of coming to a head, I think, has freed everyone up a little bit to sort of, you know, now know everyone knows where they stand with all that and what's going to happen, that they can kind of start to move on. And I thought, OK, Palace were, were, were dressful really in that in that opening half, but, but Arsenal you know, cut through them. And you just saw, you know, Ozil enjoying his football again. He was just, you know, those little tricks and flicks on the edge of the box and just some really nice interplay, the sort of sort of football that we've uh, we, we've been missing from Arsenal for some time. Just to remind ourselves of that four-goal barrage that kicks things off in the opening 25 minutes here at Emirates Stadium. In comes the corner then. It's towards the far post and he's gone in. Easy header here. It's Nacho Monreal, I think, coming in round the back from six yards out, who on his return to the side has put the Gunners in front and that's just the start that Arsenal wanted. Here is Xhaka, now it's with Lacazette, a Awobi, Lacazette goes again inside the penalty area, Fosu Mentor is there to clear, only as far as Monreal, left-hand side, can he get the cross in here, goes to the byline, pulls it back, and it goes in, it's Alex Awobi. Arsenal have got a second, and we haven't even got ten minutes on the clock here, but it's terrific football, Arsenal have worked the angles once again. In comes the corner from uh, Granit Xhaka, it's towards the back post again, it's flicked in and over the line, Koscielny this time, and Arsenal have a third, and there is what, just 12 and a half minutes, 13 minutes on the clock here, and Crystal Palace are all over the place. Further left is Granit Xhaka, 
Can Arsenal find a way through? Ozil looks for the one-two with Wilshire, and then a flip from Lacazette. Corner. Arsenal have got another brilliant football. Alex Lacazette's goal drought has ended in emphatic fashion. And Palace were just picked apart for the fourth time in the opening quarter of this game. It is Arsenal 4, Crystal Palace nil. And as much as Palace weren't brilliant, it's got to be said, for those four goals, the way that Arsenal cut through was, was mightily impressive. Yeah, it was. And I thought it was also significant that they were doing it with a back four. And that's the best I think they've played in the back four for some time. Um, you know, Nacho Monreal giving some really useful width and obviously scores. Uh, from that left back position before he went off injured, and uh, just the sort of overload they had in central areas you know, with, with, the, with the three and then the three up front was, you know, more than Palace could cope with really. And just the, the, the sort of variety of angles of attack um, that we, you know, you used to sort of associate with the great Arsenal size. That was there was a little bit of that in there on Saturday, so I thought that was quite encouraging for, for, for the future. If you're going to be hypercritical, four up with barely 20 minutes gone, four one the final score. Do you take much from the fact the rest of the game was was not quite as incisive? Well, I mean, they probably second half. I think the level sort of dropped a little bit. I think I think that's inevitable to some extent because you know the game's over. I think also as as complicit as Palace were at the start of the game, I think I think you know it was it was significant that Roy Hodgson didn't make any changes at half time. I think it was. You know, the team talk was probably something very simple, like you know, you got us in this mess, you you know, you get us out of it, or at least get us some some respectability. And I think they certainly, you know, a combination of them up in their level and Arsenal sort of knowing that the job was already done, probably probably contributed to that second half. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a little bit sloppy from the point of view that, I mean, from a personal point for Petr Cech, he would have wanted that that 200th Premier League clean sheet that's, that's sort of been been dragging on for him a little bit for a while now. He's been stuck on 199 for a few games. So I think there'll be a bit of irritation there. But I, you know, overall, uh, you know, it was a much-needed win and, and, and it will give some big confidence ahead of the Wednesday game against uh, Chelsea. Let's highlight a couple of the players up front who had good games, Alexandra Lacazette and Alex Iwobi. A lot been said and written about ins and outs up front in this January window, potentially. But those two on the field did the business, didn't they, in this one? Yeah, and, and significant really because those two, you know, you look at you look at the the, the likely incomings. I mean, Henrik Mkhitaryan is, is is done basically. That just needs to be um, announced sort of formally. Um, and you know, you look at where he will fit in, and you think that it won't be, you know, a vulnerable player there for for, for Mkhitaryan to come and plays football regularly and then again up front if Aubameyang happens and, and that looks like it's more likely to happen than not at the moment the two clubs are talking it's a question of valuations really that's the, the major issue the player's quite happy to come to England wants to play for Arsenal I don't think wages would be prohibitive so it's just a case of trying to settle on a fee and then you think well you brought in Lacazette in the summer obviously he was a club record signing um, it's likely to be a club record fee or something very close to that for Aubameyang and, and uh, could the two play together? Possibly, but you know, Arsenal habitually likes his one central striker, whether that's in the three-four-two-one with two behind or in a four-three-three with one playing sort of straight through the middle. So it was quite timely for Lacazette. He needed that goal. He's had obviously a, quite a goal drought. I think it was December second, the last time he, he scored, I think it was against United. Um, so with all the talk of, of a new big money striker coming in, I think it was important for him to, to, to just sort of send a, a little reminder to Arsenal that he's. Uh, you know, he's there and, he, and he's ready to do the business. Let's just hear a little bit then from Alex Iwobi speaking post-match after being a key part of that Gunners 4-1 victory against Crystal Palace. 
Um, yeah, we started with a lot of intensity. We um, showed that we are able to play with high tempo, and it was key, especially with the performances we've been having the, over the past few games. So we wanted to start on a bright note, and I think we did. Having such players like, like the likes of Mesut Ozil and Nacho were able to give us a lift today, and you can see with their performance and helping out the team today. Consistency is key, and we, we know that, so we have to prove to the rest of the uh, teams that we're able to do that. And then, James, with everything that we've just discussed firmly in mind, I wonder how much this result and the players that starred in it could be a springboard, no matter who comes in and out for the rest of this season, with, with so much still at stake. Yeah, I mean, they've, you know, they've, they've needed a, a performance like that for a while. I think... I always think with this Arsenal team, they're quite brittle confidence-wise. They're, they're sort of mentally, they tend to take um, sort of negativity or criticism to heart a little bit. And I think you know when, when they when they play as well as they did on Saturday, it's just a reminder to them really of what collectively what they're capable of. And um, you know, equally well, sometimes when they can get on a run, they they suddenly you know can start churning out results very quickly and become. You know, very effective and climb up the table and obviously try and get back into the top four, which is it, which is their their key aim before the Europa League starts again. But um, I mean, Wednesday's huge. I think for them, in not so far as the League Cup would be a particular priority for Arsenal as players. But I think if they can if they can get a result against a big team like Chelsea off the back of Saturday, have a cup final to look forward at the end of uh, the end of next month. Then you start to look at it. And you think, okay, there's you know there's something to to, to build on here. There's a uh, like you say, a sort of springboard some momentum behind the team. And, and we've seen other sides in the past who've had that cup final in, in, in February and, and they've been able to get a trophy on the board early in the season. It's really helped them kick on um, for the rest of the season domestically and, and obviously say, with the Europa League to come. So uh, I, I think Wednesday's a, a huge game and, and in that context, having, having that performance on Saturday really sort of sets them up for it. And then, James, bearing in mind that there is the Europa League to come where a lot of the potential Arsenal signings we've discussed may not necessarily be Europa League qualified. Whether that's a factor or not, I don't know. Will we see, in your view, one or two other comings maybe into Emirates Stadium? Well, I, it's difficult. I, I think that some of it depends on, on whether... I mean, if Giroud goes out as part of the Aubameyang deal, whether that's on loan or, or permanently then that obviously sort of slightly frees up the, the, the attack areas. I still think they need a defender. I, you know, Johnny Evans has been the one who they've been linked with for, for a while. I, I, I'm Personally, there's not been a lot of chat around a defensive midfielder, but I still think the team really needs one. Uh, Granite Jacques has been uh, he's sort of been a, a, a mixed bag, really, I think, since he's came into uh, to the Premier League. And... I think he's not, by his own admission, a sort of bona fide holding midfield. And I'd like to see the strength in that area. But there, to be honest, there isn't a lot of chat around that at the moment. I think if they are going to get another one, it probably will be a centre-back. They've scouted a lot of centre-halves. Um, and Johnny Evans is, is available. But again, it's a case of, of meeting that £25 million valuation. And obviously, you've got Manchester City in the mix as well. But Arsenal have got the finances to do it. And they've certainly got the will to, to, to sign a defender. Whether they can get it over the line or not, it'd be a huge window, I think, if they... Bearing in mind that Sanchez was always likely to go, I think if they can get Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang and Johnny Evans, I think you'd have to say that is a really positive mid-season window and, sh and should stand them in good stead. We will wait and see the London Evening Standards. James Ollie joining us here on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast as ever. Appreciate you making time to talk to us. Pleasure.
Well, Billy Joe Saunders is boxing's world WBO middleweight champion. He's a massive Arsenal fan as well. We spoke to Billy Joe before our 3-3 draw against Liverpool about his plans for this year and about why he is a gooner. You're a proper Arsenal fan. Tell us about your Arsenal story. You know, ever since I've been uh, no age, four or five, always loved playing football. And uh, Arsenal's always stood out for me, the way they play, the one-touch football. Um, the unbeatables, the untouchables, it was like Thierry Henry, Burkamp, they, they were the days. But um, I think as of late, we're, um, you know, we're still, we're still good contenders, but we just need to step it up a notch, I reckon. I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see some, a couple of new signings in January. Uh, as an athlete, what do you think of these guys as athletes? Do you, is there, there is there a mutual respect about performance and, and high-end performance? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, look, at, at any sport, you've got high-end athletes and, you know, middle-of-the-road athletes. You know, you've got your Premier League, League One, but, you know, these boys obviously put the hard work in. But, um, you know, the, the beauty of this is if you're tired, you can pass to your teammate. The problem is with my game, if I'm tired, I've got to take a beating. So, uh, yeah, so, listen, I think that boxing training is very, very good for footballers because it gives you that, that fitness that, you know, a lot of teams wouldn't have. All right, swap sports again then. You jump on the pitch. Where are you playing? What are you doing? And how good are you? Do you know what? I play football. I play a lot of football. I'm, um, I like playing midfield. So, um, like, I'm going to get involved in a little bit of defence as well, a little bit of rough and tumble. But there's no better, better feeling than scoring a couple of goals. Could have been, I think I could be the new Ronaldo, to be honest with you, on that pitch. You know, I think Arsenal want to sign me. I'll sit down, I'll get my manager to sit down and have a, uh, have a chat with. Uh, the COAs, see what we go. All right. You're in the fight game, though. What would it mean to you to fight in a place like this? I mean, Peter, uh, it would be very, very good. Um, you know, it'd be my dream to uh, to fight and defend my title, um, especially against the likes of uh, another big Arsenal fan or something like that. Or maybe a Spurs fan. <laughs> we'll get it on then. But, uh, no, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I think it's going to be a very, very good game. I fancy us just to edge it. I think there's going to be more than three goals in it, though. Maybe four. What's the year got in store for you? What's 2018 got in store? I've heard some big rumblings, some big things could be happening for you. Most definitely. I mean, um, I'm looking at the unifications now. I want um, I want Triple G, Golovkin, or Canelo Alvarez. Um, that's the fights I'm looking at. I'm looking at unifying and becoming the best on the planet. Are you going to have uh, an Arsenal crest with you there, or...? Anything when you're doing that kind of stuff? Most definitely. Listen, I would love, uh, I would love a unification at here. Imagine walking out here, you know, fighting for uh, all of the belts against someone like Golovkin or someone like that. It'd be absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much. The A. To Z. Or Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, look, we go! Well, Jay is for Juventus. We've played the Italian giants on six occasions, with the most recent being in the quarterfinals of the 2006 Champions League. That's a good tackle by Pires on Vieira. Picked his pocket. Henri, plenty of movement ahead of him. Cesc Fabregas! Yes! Breakthrough! And it's the young pretender, Cesc Fabregas, who gives Arsenal the lead. a lovely ball there's a chance here for Fabregas and now for Thierry Henry Arsenal 2 Juventus 0 and the two men who've made all the pre-match headlines young 
Cesc Fabregas and the skipper Thierry Henry have got the goals. And Fabio Capello and Juventus have got a big, big problem. Arsenal are heading for the semi-finals for the first time, maybe. Jay is also for our goalkeeper on the evening of that win, Jens Lehmann. Jens in goal for every one of our games in the Invincible campaign. We'll also go down in history, though, for this. It was ridiculous uh, to give such a penalty in such a big game. When I saw that the penalty had been given, I prayed and I said, please, God, let him save it. It took so long to take the penalty, actually, that I didn't really know what to do. So I jumped forward, backwards, uh, sidewise, and finally, he's taking it. Raquel, mate. I don't know, as I'm a legend. I don't know how people uh, perceive me, but playing such a team when you have uh, success, and then uh, after such a special moment, you come in the dressing room and everybody's cheering and celebrating, and that's what it's uh, really about a team. Finally, Jay's for another legend between the sticks, Pat Jennings. Pat made the move across North London in 1977, winning over the fans immediately and establishing himself as one of the greatest goalkeepers of all time. Here's Pat talking about some of the stranger aspects of being in goal in the 1970s and 80s. Over the years, I mean, as a goalkeeper, you get hit with everything, like from door hands, the snooker balls, the bottles, uh, darts even. Uh, so, I mean, the snowballs, it was just a distraction on the day, but at least it didn't hurt all that much. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Well, joining me at the chalkboard, I'm delighted to say it's none other than Adrian Clark. Uh, Clark, you're looking quite quite relaxed, quite casual I'm today. I like chill, it. I'm chilled out. I'm just leaning back, just just waiting for uh, your interrogation. Um, looking forward to it. Happy days. Uh, all on the back, of course, of a nice win, which is absolutely brilliant. No doubt your relaxed mood. Question at the chalkboard, what is the best start to a game you've ever seen a team make? <laughs> Well, I reckon I was in the commentary box against Crystal Palace. That, that must be the best start I've ever commentated on. It was absolutely outstanding. The quality of the football was was superb. Uh, the fourth goal in particular was was a peach. Um, okay, which had been the best? There's one that springs to mind at, at Anfield. I was I was behind the goal in the Arsenal away end when Liverpool absolutely pummeled Arsenal um, three or four seasons ago. Now four 0 up at half time. That was painful, let me tell you. Um, but. The, the, the way they played was, was pretty admirable. But the one that really sticks out above that, is it's got to be Brazil v Germany. Do you remember the 7-1 game? Mm. Um, where Germany absolutely destroyed Brazil. It was incredible. And they were 5-0 up after 29 minutes, uh, playing some of the best football I've ever seen at international level. And Brazil produced some of the worst defending I'd ever seen. So, yeah, those are the two standouts. Nice stuff. OK, well, let's move on to what is a huge midweek game. It's the Carabao Cup semi-final second leg. Arsenal very much in this after a really brave performance in the first leg at 0-0. Yeah, I was impressed, actually, because Arsene Wenger had called on the team to deliver a better defensive performance than they had done against Chelsea in the league, and they very much did that. I thought the two two young boys, Chambers and Holden, stood up, stood up and stayed strong. Delivered outstanding performances. Mustafi was good as well. So, yeah, no, as, as a team, it was disciplined. It was all those things that sometimes we've been critical um, of this Arsenal side about. Um, and they'll need a little bit of that, even though we're playing at home, because you can't really afford to be too gung-ho in a cup tie. You don't want to be out of the game early on. So I wouldn't expect us to be leaving holes at the back. I certainly hope we won't be doing that either. So Callum Chambers dropped to the bench for the weekend. Rob Holding wasn't involved, for example. How do you see Arsene Wenger then treating his 11 and his matchday squad for this one? <laughs> it's difficult to tell uh, because he will rotate more than most of us probably would, even in a semi-final history tells us that. I'd go with the back four that, that he used at the weekend. Um, I'd, I'd go with Koscielny and Mustafi because they did excellently and, and Bayer in. And then I suppose you're probably looking at Maitland-Niles at left-back or Kolasinac. Be interesting to see if it's a back three or a back four. I do think it's slightly risky with a back four. Maybe we could afford to do it against Palace, against Chelsea. Against Chelsea, personally, I would go over back three and I would, I would use um, Mustafi and Koscielny for sure with probably one of Kane, uh, Chambers or Holden. Mm. So, yeah, look, it's about attitude. It's not necessarily about personnel, though. It's about attitude and concentration and... All of those guys at various times this season have been outstanding in certain matches. But it's 
finding consistency uh, has been the issue for them. Hopefully, they can deliver it in this semi-final. So you think about the Community Shield, two Premier League games, the first leg of this tie, had four draws between Arsenal and Chelsea so far this season and some, some good games, even the nil-nil at the bridge in the league in September, which I commentated on, was a good one. Um, hopefully this will dish up something tasty. I hope so, yeah. I mean, it's a far cry from the days when Chelsea were Arsenal's bogey team, when Jose Mourinho was in charge. At Stamford Bridge, we'd always get beaten. Uh, even here at Emirates Stadium, Chelsea, Chelsea have a really strong record. So the tide has begun to turn. Of course, we beat them in last season's FA Cup as well. So, um, so no... Uh, there's no reason to be scared of Chelsea. I think our record against them is, is very respectable this season because I still think Chelsea are uh, a second or third best team in the Premier League. So um, I would make them... I, I genuinely think this is a 50-50 tie. Even though Arsenal have home advantage, I wouldn't say that Arsenal are favourites to go through. I think this is absolutely level pegging ahead of kickoff. It is who turns up on the day. And just one specific Chelsea question to you, Clarky. We've seen Alvaro Morata score some goals and have a few problems and niggles. We know that Michi Bashiwai probably isn't massively trusted. Mm. We've seen reports that Chelsea have gone for Carroll, for Crouch, for Benteke. Up front for an actual striker, it's been a bit of a weird situation at times, hasn't it? But there again, you've got the likes of Hazard in, in sublime form again to maybe fill that void, I don't know. Their striker search is bewildering, isn't it? Why they, they're so intent on getting a giant of any real standard is beyond me, really. They do need another front man, uh, but I don't see why they're obsessed with, with making that person a, a physical one. Morata is quality. I, I still believe that he will score plenty of goals this season and in the campaigns to come. Hazard is excellent, as we know, and he's in good form. Willian as well, if he plays. Now, Wonderful I, goal at the weekend. I mean, yeah, Willian is a class act. If I was Chelsea manager, I, w I would actually dispense with the Morata-Hazard combo for this one, and I would go with Morata up top and Hazard and Willian in behind, purely on the basis that, that those two guys need to play. So, uh, look, if, if Conte doesn't do that, I think it's potentially good news for the Gunners. OK, and if you were a relaxed version of Arsene Wenger, <laughs> judging by your demeanour today, if you were going to be casually addressing your team on the back of a big win at the weekend, yes. what would you say to well, the boys as they go, trot out? I would go tactical. I'd say defend deeper than you did last time Chelsea were here at Emirates. And inside the defensive third, do not give Eden Hazard an inch. Going forward, you know what you've got to do. Pretty much bang on a five-second team talk from the brilliant Adrian Clark. Thank you very much indeed. And time for the uh, frivolities and the uh, camaraderie to end because we now go head-to-head -head in this. Brain of Arsenal. Brain of Arsenal is back and I'm delighted to say that Liam Roberts, the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, is as ever marauding in the studio. Liam, how's it going? Yes, morning, lads. The book is back. The book the, the is quiz back. The quiz book is back. I've got brain ache before we've even kicked this off. Uh, yeah, nervous, uh, edgy today. Always excuses, Adrian. Always no, excuses. Just, I just want this so bad. <laughs> you want to wait? Week three. We need someone to get to week three. Master the understatement happened. as well, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Does it very cleverly. Hasn't happened for a while, week three. So, um, Adrian, your choice this week. Um, you'll be answering questions week Week two on the Champions League campaign of 0506. Mm, what a campaign it was! Yeah, I, I'm going to um, I'm going to hand over the mantle to, to Russ. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to give my serve away and know what I've got to do to beat him. Adrian Clark Lex to receive. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. So week one for you. Remind us what you're uh, uh, answering. Like. Having little links from my various fails. Uh, <laughs> my la latest one is uh, Francis Coquelin, who of course had his number taken by Yaya Sonogo, who was my previous epic fail, so we move on. 
Okay, so uh, better luck on France's Cultware then. Thank so, you. So uh, here come your questions. Question one. Can you name the three teams that Francis has been on loan at? Freiburg, Charlton, Lorient. Correct. Question two. How many levels has he represented France at? Pretty sure it's 17, 18, 19, 20 and 21, so I'm going to say five. Correct. Oh, very good. Question three. Who did he make his debut for us against? In any competition. Any competition. Sheffield United. It's West Brom. No, it wasn't. Sheffield it United. It's West Brom. Sheffield United, previous round. I've got West Brom. Sheffield <laughs> <laughs> United. I want to have this check. I demand a check. 6 0 okay, win. Check. We're going to have a check, but I've got West Brom. Came off the bench, replacing Fran Marida. Okay. 6 0. All right, all right. Stato. Russell is correct. Okay, Russell is correct. Okay, we come straight back then and say Russell is correct. Thank you. It took a uh, three-second adjudication, but uh, <laughs> Russell is correct. I just paid a tenner to Alaki, so everyone's happy. <laughs> Question four. When was Francis born? He was born on the 13th of May, 1991. Correct. Strong. Oh, now I don't know what I've got Four out of four. So, uh, Adrian. Yeah, look, it's, it's slightly backfired my decision to, to receive, but uh, look, I would have had, I'd have clean had to have, I, I would have had to beat four anyway. So, come on, let's let's crack on. I tried helping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a week three. I want a week three. So, uh, week two, Champions League 0506. Questions start now. Who scored the final Champions League goal at Highbury? Final Champions League goal at Highbury was scored in the semi final by Colo Turo. Correct. Nice. Which player started the most games in the Champions League run? Oh, that's a tricky one. Oh, um, oh, do, 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 do. oh, goodness me. I would imagine... Started? Yes. Robert Perez? No, it was Colo Turo again. Oh, I got it. Double Colo. Look at that big smile on Russell's Double face. Double Colo. Yeah. <laughs> Question three, which three players came on in the final for us? Oh, dear, oh dear, yeah, that's tough. Uh, the goalkeeper came on, didn't he? Uh, Manuel and Munia. Uh, <sighs> yeah, you, you got me. My heart's not in it anymore. Um, <laughs> I think... Get me piling out, man. I don't really care. Uh, Hleb, did he come on? No. No, go on then. It's Flamini, Reyes and Almunia. Yeah, whatever. Question four, just for the... That's what the heck All it? points count, Clarky, at the end of season. Yeah, in the book. end of season. Got to, got to put that. What was significant about our third group stage game that season? Oh, wow. Okay. It was big. It's big, big significant. It was, big moment. was it? Big. Yeah. See, look, I've had, I've had a nightmare this week. It's going to Sparta Prague, I think. It was. Mm. I would say that Thierry Henry. Uh, broke Ian Wright's all-time scoring record. Correct. Two out of four. Perfectly back. solid. It's exactly what I did last week in week two. So, oh, well. Uh, okay, sirrah, sirrah. So, we're back to week uh, two and one. So, uh, <laughs> what do you want on week one? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go really specific here, and it's a night I will never forget. Um, I dragged my now-wife, Kate, to the pub in our early courting days to watch Liverpool versus Arsenal uh, on, on TV, and uh, it was 4-4. And Andre Arshavin scored uh, an unbelievable um, four-goal salvo. Quiz me on that game. That whole game, OK, then. So next week, we'll have Francis Coquelin versus Liverpool 4, Arsenal 4. 
Thank you very much indeed. Well, money well spent there with Alaki. Excellent. Clarky, um, <laughs> when can we see and or hear you again? Well, I've just recorded the breakdown, so that'll be up for the for the Crystal Palace game um, shortly, if it isn't already. Uh, weekend off, obviously, so I'll be back on the Match Day show for the game against Swansea next Tuesday. Well, the final word this week belongs to Theo Walcott, who joined Everton last week after 12 years with us. This is definitely that stepping stone that's going to build onto an absolutely dominant Arsenal team, I'm pretty sure of that.
selfish is that a hat trick? It certainly is. Theo Walcott bags a hat trick. Now onto Nacho Monreal. They were queuing up, and Theo Walcott's got it. And it's goal number 100 in an Arsenal shirt. Now Alexis Sponsiv is in. Theo Walcott to make it 1 0. Giroud with a Walcott scores. Here's Theo Walcott. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Billy Joe Saunders, James Ollie, and of course to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on ACAST these days. Remember too to get your questions into Clarkie for the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. We're back on Monday, the 29th of January. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.